In this episode, we're going to be talking about the lessons that we learned in 2020, which is the year of the coronavirus pandemic, and how these, that 2020 impacted our personal finance and the personal finance life of a lot of people. We're going to be talking about a lot of uh, information, uh, why you should be prepared, you should be ready, you should work on your personal finance for situations that happened in 2020. And even if you were not ready, how you could prepare yourself for next time that something like this happened. And this is what the, uh, these are some of the things that we want to talk about on this FI Talk podcast. I am AJ, and to help me with that, I have my co-host, Pa. Hey, Pa, how was the weekend? Uh, weekend is good, man. Um, just getting started. It's been a long work week. I am happy to um, have the weekend, just like they say, you know, TGIF, thank God it's Friday, but for me, it's thank God it's Saturday. So, <laughs> you know, we're recording on a Saturday. So looking forward to the rest of the weekend. How about you? Oh, man, uh, it, was a, it was a very busy week, but, you know, we got through it. It's a blessing to get through the week and come in the weekend and spend some more time with family. You know, I'm very big on having family time on the weekend that's important to me it's important to my family and you just the same you know i mean spend time with family actually i was i was about to do taxes this weekend but wow. looking at uh, irs it looks like they are backlogged they uh, they will not be accepting any taxes until i think uh, the 13 or the 15 of this month so i'll have to wait until then to be able to file my taxes you know which is wow man more props to you man you're doing taxes in january well (laughs) i am one of those people that do my taxes in april (laughs) (laughs) that's a little bit late for me maybe your taxes are a little bit more complicated than mine but you know (laughs) (laughs) anyway pa uh we have a an episode which is packed with information stuff that we learned things that helped us to prepare and be ready for 2020, especially we, when a year that nobody knew what was uh, going to happen, and it did impact a lot of lives, it, uh, not only people's money, but people's life. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, just like you said, uh, when 2020 was coming up, or when it just started, people were looking forward to 2020. People were really excited. You know, me, myself, I had a lot of plans of what I want to do in terms of my finances, traveling, so many things, jobs and everything. But 2020 came and uh, we were hit uh, with a pandemic. But before I go any further, you know, I just want to recognize and just say that my heart goes out to all the families out there who have been affected by this pandemic, people who, you know, lost loved ones and friends and families, you know, so it's been a tough year for most people. But uh, we're here to talk about some of the lessons that we learned from it from a personal f- finance perspective. It's a very, very tough year for most people, but I would say in terms of investing, it has been very, very rewarding for some people as well. And the reason yeah. why I say that mm-hmm. is, as you know, the market just went down when mm-hmm. the um, pandemic came in. This was mm-hmm. around March or something like that. So some people were able to invest more money into it when it went down. And some people couldn't do that. So luckily for me, what I did at that time, I happened to uh, file my taxes right around that time. I did get my tax return and I had a little bit of savings also. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it was just sitting, both me and my wife were working. So we were like, okay, why don't we just, since the market has gone down, the stocks Mm -hmm. are on sale, 
why don't we just go ahead and put some money into it since everything is really cheap right now mm-hmm. and see how it does. And yeah. thankfully, it has done really, really, really well. So yeah. I'm not sure what the year 2020 means for you, but I would love to hear um, your perspective. Yeah, um, it's definitely been a challenging year for a lot of people. We're going to talk about all that stuff. I want to introduce something real quick, Par, and because this is because we released our first episode last week, and I got a lot of questions about the topic that you brought on the first episode, which is your network. Oh, yeah. Calculating your network. I got so many people asking me, how do I calculate my network? And my kids ask me that too they were wondering that what is network so mm-hmm. i help them calculate their network even though their wow. network uh, you know is in the uh, two figures you know and the three figures right now yeah so they were happy I, mine know. was negative right when i first calculated it it was right. negative nineteen thousand. so i right. could i could still remember that <laughs> exactly so they were very very excited you know to know that they have a network so but Absolutely. i'll let you go ahead and uh, so yeah uh, i just want to share this with our audience because just a quick uh, overview of uh, a hypothetical top couple that I just made up. So this is just an example. So in this example, we have a, a couple, a wife and a husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, they live in a house. They have a house uh, uh, that is valued at $400,000, which is by, uh, let's just say it's by Zillow. Uh, I know there's so many other places that you can check your house value, but let's for this one, just keep it simple and just say Zillow value their house at $400,000. And uh, they still have a, out, uh, a mortgage of $300,000 in that house. So in this example, we're going to be calculating this hypothetical couple's net worth, their assets. We're going to calculate their assets first, add that up. And then we're going to calculate their liabilities, which is their debt. Uh, like the mortgage is a debt, like the car payment. And, and we subtract that. Um, and then that's how we're going to get the uh, um total net worth of this couple. Like you said in the first episode, um, the, to calculate your net worth is assets minus liabilities. Mm-hmm. So this couple has a house. Let's start with the house. The house is worth $400,000 on Zillow and they have a mortgage of 300,000 left. They have two cars, okay? Car number one is worth, Kelly Blue Book value of this car is $20,000, but they have a payment on it of 15,000 left on the loan. And then car number two, it's an older car. It's only worth $6,000 and it's paid off. They don't have any loans on that car. So we're gonna uh, add those. And let's, uh, um, we're gonna add the 400,000, which is the value of their house and these two cars, the value of these two cars. And they also have two 401ks, okay? The wife has a 401k, the husband has a 401k. One 401k has $100,000 in it, and the other one has $60,000 in it. Now you can see the assets. Now you can see where I'm going with this because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm checking the assets first, okay? Um, they also have a Roth IRA, which is on other investments. A Roth IRA, like we said last time, was um, an IRA that's post-tax. So they, they put in the money after tax and invest it in the stock market. And this Roth IRA has $20,000 in it. Okay, they also have a taxable account. Now, what is a taxable account? A taxable account is an account that is not tax sheltered. Uh, It's an account outside of 
taxes. It's not a Roth or it doesn't have any tax benefits. So when it goes up, you have the gains and then you pay taxes on the gains. So in this taxable account, they have $10,000 in it. Um, that's, that's all they have in their other investment. And this couple also have a checking and a savings account. In the savings account, they have $12,000. And in the checking account, they have $2,500. Now, if you're calculating your net worth and you have other things besides this, this is just simplified version. If you have artwork, if you have jewelry, mm -hmm. all those things that have value, you can add that to it. But this, in this couple, they don't have that. But they also, they also have some debt. Um, this couple has about $50,000 left in student loans. So that's going to be under liability section. They have credit cards debt of um, $8,000 and they also owe relatives $10,000. So that's their debt. So how do we calculate the net worth of this couple? We add the value of the house, which is 400,000. We add uh, the two cars, 20,000 and 6,000. We add uh, 401ks, which is 10,000 and 60,000. We also add their other investments, which is 20,000 and the taxable account of $10,000. And we add the balances on their bank accounts, which is $12,000 in the savings and uh, $2,500 in the checking. And for a total asset value of $630,500. And that's what this couple has as assets. So their liabilities, which is the debt, is uh, the, the mortgage, which is 300,000. So we're gonna add that on liabilities. Uh, the car loan, which is 15,000, we're gonna add that. And they also have other liabilities like student loan of $50,000, $8,000 of credit card debt, and they owe their relatives $10,000. So it, once we add all these liabilities, we have $383,000 in liabilities. So to calculate the net worth, we take the assets, which is $630,500 minus the liabilities, which is $383,000. And to give us the net worth of this couple as $247,500. But I just wanted to touch on that as a little uh, FI 101, because we know that not all of our audiences are uh, on the same level. And we wanna uh, highlight certain audiences who don't know these simplified versions of personal finance. That definitely makes sense. So what AJ just did there was all he did was just calculate everything that this couple own and minus it from what they owe. So they own a total assets of about 630,500 minus the 383,500 or 383,000 that they owe to other people and what was left was 247,500. So that is their net worth. So if you wanna calculate your net worth, he just explained it really well. We can move on to um, our topic for today, which is some of the lessons that we learned from the pandemic. I'm not sure if you've touched on that yet. So I will let you just go ahead and touch a little bit on some of the lessons that you've learned on the pandemic and um, what advice will you give? Yeah, um, the 2020 was really unprecedented and it was not, envisioned by anyone of what happened. But when it comes to personal finance, basically it's personal and we just want everyone to be ready. Okay. When the good terms and the bad terms, so that you have, you build a personal financial wall around your house that bad times cannot break you, which includes having an emergency fund. And I think that's key, you know, because a lot of people lost, sadly lost their jobs in 2020 and 
if you are living paycheck to paycheck, if you have no savings, uh, that can be scary to lose your job. Or even if you're followed for a week, a whole week of pay that you don't have. And if you are month to month living paycheck to paycheck, that month that you are followed, you don't have that week worth of pay could be pretty scary and it could really put you in the negative of going back into debt. So I feel like that's where having an emergency fund come in. And what do you think? Well, emergency fund, as you know, is key. And it's um, something that I put a lot of emphasis on whoever I'm talking to. And for the most part, you know that, you know, emergency fund is one of the best things that I have because what it does is it just gives me that permission to go and spend on other things. Mm-hmm. Before I, I want to go and buy a new couch, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be like, okay, am I using all my savings to buy the new couch or is, is my savings okay? So mm-hmm. the moment I know that my savings are okay, it gives me that permission to go and buy other things that I want. So mm-hmm. the, the, the emergency fund is the key. We have seen in moments like this, having an emergency fund can be very, 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 very beneficial. Yeah. Um, Where it helped me, though, for me was out of the blue. Yes, I did not lose uh, a job. I know a lot of people did. And I totally understand how scary it can be. But within a couple of weeks, we were just told, hey, you are have you have to take one week follow, which means that you're not going to get paid for that week. It could be scary if you don't have any emergency fund. And if you, let's say, if you earn $4,000 and spend exactly $4,000, that one week could put you in, uh, uh, in the red if you yes. don't have any money put aside. So I feel like that's where having an emergency fund comes in. And for you, though, I wanted to hear about your story of moving uh, across the country in the middle of, in the, middle of the pandemic. Oh, yes, how definitely. That impacts your, your financial life. Uh, definitely. We... Um... We moved from the great state of North Carolina to the beautiful state of Washington here in the Seattle area. Thank you. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful place, definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I did this move a long time ago, but you know, this was the time. So we did move in the middle of the, of the pandemic, as you know, and it's really not something that is easy, you know, packing your family and all your belongings, selling your house and all of these things. But I mean, we were able to do it without that much hassle mm-hmm. because we were ready financially to do it. It mm-hmm. didn't have that much financial burden on us to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. most people do not move in the middle of a pandemic. We had one mm-hmm. of our neighbors, um, the husband had a job in Tennessee and the husband is commuting now from North Carolina to Tennessee mm-hmm. just because they cannot move right now. So. I was very, very thankful that when we looked at our finances, you know, we got the job offer and we were like, we can do this, you know, and that's all because of years of planning, plan and make sure that if anything comes our way, we, mm-hmm. we should be able to take care of it. So yeah. this move was, was, was uh, something that uh, we, we really wanted. And when it came, we were ready. Yeah. You know, so I totally I, applaud you and your family for, 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 for that and uh, being able to do that in the middle of a pandemic. So uh, did you guys have like jobs lined up or was it just one of you that had jobs lined up? Or Well, we both had jobs lined up, you know, oh, nice. which was good. So yeah. we just came in and started just, you know, right after we, we, we were able to get our housing situation, you know, mm-hmm. in order. 
we just you know went right in and it's been great you know seattle yeah. has been a has been a really 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 nice place you know well, welcome to seattle man Be- beautiful place i love it here and um definitely uh <laughs> you know welcome you guys over uh, in and Seattle just running into you you know <laughs> at the cafeteria at work for <laughs> some of you you know who may not know you know me and AJ work in the same place i just ran into him during our lunch break and there we were you know everything just hit off you know right there we just started talking about finances right away yeah. and it was scary you know you know how similar you know our financial um how the philosophies were you know absolutely yeah, me and you have known each other for a long, long, long time. Yes. I mean, I went to school with your with your brother. You went to school with my sisters in college. Yep. But my wife actually told me that your sister told her that you were moving. I mean, yep. you had moved here. And I was right. like, oh, uh, can you get me his number? Right. So she got me your number. But before I called you, we met at work. So we, right. we were just sitting down. <laughs> and I was just I was just asking you as a new employee about your retirements and yeah. what your plans are, yeah. just to give you a good perspective of what they what benefits we they offer over there. And then we found out our financial journeys were pretty similar. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. So, you know, that was great. You know, that was yeah. Yeah, that was really great, you know. So, but I will, I would like you to talk about, you know, since we've talked about the uh, emergency fund, you know, and how it has helped us, you know, in the middle of this pandemic. As you talked about, you were followed for a week, but that did not have any effect on your life because you were prepared, you know, you were mm-hmm. ready because you were already winning with money. Mm-hmm. For me, I moved in the middle of a pandemic because okay. of that emergency fund. Absolutely. I was able to invest a lot of money in the middle of the pandemic because you know, of the emergency fund. But what I want you to talk about now is having that diversified income, not just having one income from one source only, but mm-hmm. having income from different sources, you know, and that kind of stuff, you know, that is something that I would like you to touch on, you know, and just make sure that the folks understand it a little bit more. Yeah, pretty easy. Um, basically, uh, if you look at it, we all have the regular jobs. We all have W2 uh, employment, and that's our main source of income. But also there's other... Uh, investment incomes that some people have a rental uh, real estate where they earn an income and some people have uh, a side hustle which I am a big advocate for people building up a side hustle so if you have just one employment one job one paycheck coming in every on a regular interval it feels very comfortable but it gets scary in a unprecedented situation where you get followed or you get uh, layoff or your job just goes away, you know, which a lot of people went through. Millions of people lost their jobs in 2020. The reason I wanted to really touch on having more income or having a, a diversified income, which, which kind of reduces your risk of losing your total income. Let's say if you had a rental income and you also had investment income and you had a side hustle that brings in a couple of hundred dollars a month. If you lose your job or you get followed for a couple of weeks, it would impact you, don't get me wrong, but not as much as if you solely relied on that one income. That's why I wanted to touch on that real quick. Yeah, definitely. And I think the best form of diversified income that most people may not think about is being married and having mm-hmm. a spouse. Absolutely. And that spouse bringing an income. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that is... That is something that most people, you know, may not think, you know, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. What if, you know, one of you loses your income? 
you still have another income that's coming in. And that also brings me to the point of this emergency fund again. Mm-hmm. Now, for us, you know, the way we plan our emergency fund, I'm not sure about you guys, is that at a time when both of us are working, mm-hmm. we usually keep between three to five months. Mm-hmm. So because there was a time that my wife wasn't working, but we planned it and make sure we have at least six to seven to eight months mm-hmm. you know, of emergency fund. And she was able to take some time off. Mm-hmm. If both of you are working, it's okay to have, you know, three or four months. But if you are anticipating that one of, one of you will probably stop working or probably not in a job that is very, very secure, I would suggest you have six to seven or eight months of emergency fund. So that was something that, um, you know, I just wanted to throw out there that having your spouse working can be a, a, a good form of, you know, diversified income as well. But as you say, there are so many other ways out there, you know, to make uh, extra income online, folks doing Uber or Lyft and so many other things. So just wanted to touch on that. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea of considering your spouse and you working together as a team. That's just two income right, right there. Exactly. Definitely diversified. I was always on the three months side of emergency fund because I cons- we, it was considered a secure job, but we know based on 2020 that right. definitely no job is secured for sure. But um, maybe I need to bump that up to six months or maybe a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely we'll be looking into that. Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick was the, um, the stock market in 2020. Definitely uh, since the 2008 crisis, the stock market has been going up from 2009 and we never had a big drop in the market. We had one last year in 2020 and lessons that we learned from that. I wanted to uh, explore on those lessons uh, for me. I think you touched on it a little bit that you had some money that you were able to buy in the dip. For me though, I just invest regularly. I don't care if the market is going up or down. I just put regular intervals of, uh, you know, just, regular either some some uh, one account is weekly the, some accounts is every paycheck the other account is monthly you know just put a certain amount of um, money into the investment every month if the if it goes up you buy at a high if it goes down you buy cheaper which is uh do, like a dollar cost averaging uh what do you think of that oh yeah i think that's the benefit of dollar cost averaging I mean, what that does is you get to buy, just like you said, when, when, when the market is high, you get to buy. And when the market is low, you get to buy. So there, you know, it kind of helps your returns a lot. But just like you said, I mean, this year was just unprecedented. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the stock market went down. I mean, the S&P 500 went down about 32.6%. Mm-hmm. So hypothetically, you know, if you were to have $100,000 there, that means your money went down to 65 seven thousand four hundred dollars and that's that's, just within a couple of months that yeah this was around march so in march if you if you you had ten thousand a hundred thousand in in february right and it turns into sixty sixty uh what was that sixty seven thousand four hundred seven thousand dollars four hundred that could be scary yeah, that's a loss of thirty-two thousand six hundred dollars. I mean, that's but that's only on paper loss, right? If you if you it didn't sell it, right? you didn't. Yeah, you didn't lose it. So right. The lesson there for me, though, it's I mean, it's scary to look at, definitely. Right. But just keep having a plan, keep investing regularly, 
just the market on the long run always goes back up mm -hmm. and that is something that we also saw last year but on the flip side looking at how it recovered i mean just looking at the past six months mm -hmm. let's say from september until now the market has gained close to 21 percent that is something really really good and that is just the s p 500 if you right. if, if, if you invested in individual stocks, some of them have done really, really, really well. Like, like something like Zoom, the one that we are using right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, Zoom has really, really exploded. Right. That is just the power of the stock market. Yeah. You know, it is something that I was just reading the other day. There was um, this, this guy that I follow a lot. Uh, his name is um, Rick Edelman. Mm -hmm. um, he was just giving the power of the stock market, you know, just mm -hmm. how the stock has performed since they started tracking it in 1926. That's that the stocks have been the best performing asset class since 1926. And Absolutely. this is over, over bonds, real estate, gold, oil, commodities, government securities, foreign securities. Stocks have performed way more than any of these things. It has a 10% return since then. Yeah. And most of these asset classes do not give you 10%. So, I mean, stocks are just powerful. And if you know what you're doing, you can definitely do really well. I just wanted to say that if you guys have any questions regarding investing or any questions regarding personal finance, send us an email at fitalkpodcast at gmail.com and we will try our best to answer your questions. But definitely we would touch on investing and how we invest and in, uh, for the long term in another episode. And if that's something that's interesting to you, please subscribe to our uh, podcast wherever you're listening to it. That's just part of, that's just the investing part. Let's okay. talk about budgeting. So here's the thing. It's pretty funny how last year turned out for me when it comes to uh, saving. Oh, I made less money last year than I made the year previous, but I saved way more. And all this started with me going to Camp Fi in January. So if you don't know what Campfire is, Campfire is, I know you do, but if the audience don't, but Campfire is just uh, a group of like-minded people who are on the FIRE movement or in the personal finance journey that just get together over a weekend and spend some time together. And I did that last year. I didn't know what to expect when I bought my ticket to go to Gainesville, uh, Florida. First time traveling to Florida, first time going to any by uh, get together and it was amazing. The coolest people that you can hang out with. So right. we hang out for the whole weekend, had a little bit of lectures here and there, food was great. We had a blast. Just basically you can sit down with these people and talk about your money and your life. And they, could, they, they are always willing to help you out wherever they can. That's but here's amazing. the thing. I just had a conversation with one guy at night, just hanging out chilling and we were talking and he asked me you know what what my benefits are at work and I told him what it was and he told me you mean you have a 43b a pension and a 457 and you can max out all of these why don't you just try to do that so at that moment right there I made up my mind that for at least for one year I'll try to max them out and man I just crossed those goals uh last year and this brings me to the, uh, to the topic that we always think that we cannot save any more penny. We cannot save more, but we can save more than 
we think. And part of it was that there was a there was a lockdown and we were not going anywhere. We were not eating out. There was not much going on. So we took a couple of road trips last year with my family, but for the most part, we were staying home, driving less, spending less on gas, spending right. less on eating out. And that saved us a lot of money that you could invest. And I just wanted to touch on that, uh, saying that we can save more than we think. Yeah, I think that's, that is pretty amazing. I mean, um, you're saying that you made less money, but you were able to save more. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes, you know, totally opposite of what people believe. You know? so, so sometimes it's not about how much money you make. Mm-hmm. but how you just adjust your lifestyle, you know, just like you said, you know, you made some adjustments mm-hmm. and sometimes it, it feels like you, you just had a raise. So it's not how much you make, it's just how much you keep. And Absolutely. you have just kind of proven that, you know, that even though you made less money, you were able to say save more. And the most impressive part about it was how you were able to max out all of your retirement accounts, you know, and for the folks who may not know what maxing out is, like, let's say your 401k, you are allowed to put in $19,000 in it for the year. AJ was able to put all $19,000 in his 401k. And, and that is called maxing out. For the Roth IRA, you are allowed to put $6,000. He was able to put all $6,000, making less money. It's all about how he modified his lifestyle, his family's lifestyle. And they're still able to do all of these things that are fun, but yet still being able to save all of these things. So I just want to give you kudos for that, man. I think that is very, very, very impressive, you know, and I mean, that will be something that, you know, I'll be aspiring to do this year myself. Absolutely. And I think the, this brings us to the last topic that we wanted to talk about on the financial lessons that we learned in 2020. Um, And basically to be able to do that, to be able to uh, save more, what helped me really was budgeting. I know a lot of people don't like the word budget, but for me, it has been the key for the past six, seven, eight years. I budget my family's income, my family's money every month. Uh, we budget we, uh, and know uh, what budgeting does. It uh, helps you um, uh, know where your money is going instead of wondering where it went. Um, I stole that line from Dave Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. So basically, a lot of people think that budgeting is restrictive, restricts you on not spending, but actually it gives you power to spend. Mm-hmm. So let's say if you budget, who makes your budget? You make it yourself. That's right. If you budget that you have $300 in entertainment, that's $300 in entertainment that you get to spend without any guilt. If you budget that you, you, you would have, um, you, you and your wife are gonna go on this vacation or this weekend getaway, that's a getaway that you can go without having any guilt because it's already budgeted. It's already part of your monthly planning. And that's a key that helped out a lot. And part of it is like, after we release our first episode, I got questions about budgeting. And I think at some point we would talk more in detail on how I do it. Not everybody does it. Not everybody should be budgeting. People like you that already have your finances on autopilot. I feel like that's way more power to you and probably don't need the budget. But for me, that is less discipline. The budget keeps me on track. And just like you said, it just comes down to discipline. Some people have the discipline of not having a budget. But Mm -hmm. if you are a spender like AJ, you want to put all of these guardrails to make sure that you don't go crazy. And I would just, you know, recommend to anybody who has any questions about budgeting. I do not budget myself. 
AJ does. He's really, really, really good at it. And you should see his spreadsheets. Trust me. I mean, <laughs> this guy, he runs his family like a business, you know. <laughs> so if any of you has any questions about anything that has to do with budgeting, I will just uh, suggest that you send us an email at FI Talk Podcast, and um, he should be able to help you guys with that. So, And to um, emphasize, that email address is fitalkpodcast at gmail.com. Exactly. Yeah, so this, this, been, this has been an interesting uh, episode where we talk about lessons that we learned in a very, very scary time uh, when people are losing their job, when the stock market's going down, and there's some people that are doing really well. Yes. Why is that? It's because they planned. It's because they were ready. I can remember 2008 when the market went down, when the housing went down, people that had money at that time bought houses for cheap. Yes. And those houses has recovered their value long term. So this is the power of getting ready, the power of knowing your money situation. It's always good just to have reserves for these kind of situations. You know, just like you said, those who bought houses in 2008, they had money reserves that were sitting when they saw the opportunity. They just took advantage of it. And that's the same thing that people did in 2020 also during the stock market crash. So it's always good to always have a plan, always have extra money sitting over there. In case any of these opportunities come along, you can just go ahead and take advantage of it. So, yeah. So, yeah, pa, I think that's a... Um... A wrap here we would like the, our audience to let us know if they have any questions please engage with, with us on our email address at fitalkpodcast uh, at gmail.com and also subscribe share this episode with your friend if you have any benefit from it subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it and until next time this is aj and my co-host pa all right and uh, just like you said you can subscribe and share it. We are on many different platforms. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple. Uh, we are on, uh, not on Apple Podcasts yet as of this recording. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on um, Pocket Cast. And we're on Be Spotify good. also. And if you are obviously listening from YouTube also, we are on YouTube. So, so I guess we'll just go ahead and uh, end it here. Is there anything else you want to say? No, that's it. Until next time. Thank you for listening. All right. Take care.